Hello and welcome to Tech Advantage, a podcast from the Luxembourg Institute of Science and Technology. Two of the most critical challenges facing societies today are identifying and establishing sustainable energy systems. In this context, low carbon hydrogen holds significant promise as a clean energy source. Hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe, boasts clean combustion as it is extracted primarily from water and has the highest energy density per unit mass. You'd say, what are we waiting for then? Well, there are still some challenges for an economy to become entirely hydrogen dependent, including its production and its storage. Today, to talk about these challenges, but especially how we can overcome them, we have with us Bianca Rita Pistillo, Partnership Development Officer here at LIST. Welcome, Bianca Rita. Hello, Paramita. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for this invitation. Thank you for accepting this invitation. First of all, just what is your research area, really? I mean, what was your research area? Um, as you mentioned, I'm currently Partnership Development Officer and I'm in charge of topic uh, um, of energy and clean tech topics. I'm currently in charge of setting up the collaboration with companies mm. around the topic of hydrogen, energy, and the clean tech. Because my background as a senior scientist was work lead this kind of project. Um, so I can figure out how difficult was reading the papers I sent you. <laughs> but in my new role, it's also um, one of my mission making easier the understanding of what we are currently, the research we currently run at least. So to start off, before going into the production, um, hydrogen production um, at its core, you know, the topic at its core, why do we need, why do we need to produce hydrogen as an energy source, uh, as, a, as a significant energy source? Because we need to have renewable energy sources because the, the fossil fuels, the current fossil fuel, will not be enough for the incoming years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing also because the current, not just, probably it's not just that it's not enough, but they have adverse effects, right? Definitely, definitely. There are several aspects of the production of the hydrogen. Firstly, as fuel itself, and then we would like to to reach a point where the most of the hydrogen productions is comes from renewable sources and the the hydrogen product is a green hydrogen what do we mean by green hydrogen green hydrogen is an hydrogen produced by renewable energy and not as current by fuel fossils hydrogen is producing currently but most of the production of hydrogen comes from the reforming of the fuel fossil. Okay. So we have a current production of hydrogen, but it's not green. And uh, it has been identified as a series of colors linked to the way of the hydrogen is produced. So you can have the violet hydrogen, the yellow hydrogen. You can produce hydrogen from uh, um, nuclear energy. And this kind of hydrogen is labeled as yellow hydrogen. Yellow hydrogen, but it's still uh, it's still clean, right? Or is it's not? The the hydrogen itself is clean, but the way uh, it is it's produced. produced is not clean. So the the final aim is to pro to find a way to produce uh, in a green way uh, the hydrogen. Oh, right. Okay. 
What are the challenges really right now to produce hydrogen? As mentioned, the hydrogen production itself, it's already a challenge because now we produce the hydrogen via fuel cells. So producing the green hydrogen is the real challenge for this energy transition or to answer, to fit what is required by the commission for 2030 and then reaching 2050. Okay. And you mentioned a little bit already uh, the you know, the current trends and technologies that are being used. But apart from these, are there any other ways that are hydrogen produced right now? And are there any other ways that we are envisaging um, to produce hydrogen? For sure, we are exploring new technology for producing hydrogen. Um, currently, is producing by... Uh, it, can, it can be produced by water splitting. But the, when we face, as you mentioned before, water splitting, we also has to think about have to think about um, to the raw materials that are used for setting up the the cells that allow the the the, few, the, the water splitting better. We need currently some materials that have been identified as uh, um, critical materials for energy. For instance, the the commission. Um, list a list of materials, and I can mention the well-known nickel, uh, platinum. Um, we also have copper, neodymium. So it means that we found these materials in the nature, but the source of the material is li- the source of these materials is limited. So we need new material in order to produce hydrogen. How how will you? I mean. How do you how do you define materials to produce hydrogen? For water splitting, we need photoelectrodes, and uh, the way these photoelectrodes consist of can change. So we can have a bar of pure metals, which means that we need hundred percent of these metals, or we could have uh, a bar consist of nanoparticles which means that the, the amount of the metals that is required is lower. And we can, and this is the exercise we have to keep in mind to think about the new materials. So we want to keep the functionalities, the properties of the materials, but we want to change uh, often is how much is loaded in terms of metals, for instance, this kind of metal. So if in the past we can count on a bar of platinum, now we can count of Materials where platinum is present as nanoparticles. Okay. Just to give you an idea. So the, the, um, the surface area is high, uh, but the, um, the amount of materials is low. Because if you have a bar, you have just a surface which is exposed to your reaction. But you have nanoparticles who have a higher surfaces exposed to the reaction. Okay, so and very, very naive question probably. So these bars of whichever materials we are talking about, how do you produce? I mean, you, you do water splitting on like in very layman's term. How do you produce the hydrogen from that you platinum have, bar, ah, for okay. example? You, you, have, but you have two electrodes. Two electrodes, yeah. Yes, two, uh, two electrodes. And uh, you, you have also the water. Before having the water splitting, you need water. Yeah. So you need yeah. water. Yes. You have the, um, you apply a current. Ah, in the water. Yeah, to the water, exactly. And uh, to the, right, not to the water, to the electrodes. 
Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah of and course. then and you the have this, going yeah, the exactly. Water. And then you, for instance, platinum is a catalyst. Yes. So ah, there is okay. the splitting of the uh, the water, and in one usually tube, uh, hydro is called. You collect hydrogen, and one tube you collect uh, oxygen. How fascinating! <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> it is. I mean, and like, how much could you collect? From uh, like, what is the amount of hydrogen that you can collect? In uh... it depends on the the power you apply, the the, the size of the cell. Um, just now that you know, I, I'm digressing a little bit. Um, okay, so what are the applications of hydrogen as uh, you know, as an energy source? Can we use hydrogen for everything? Like we were talking about hydrogen-based economies. During the last hydrogen week uh, I attended in Brussels and we had a booth uh, as list, yeah. um, people approach us to because they are thinking how to use hydrogen as fuel for our home heating system, for instance. So it means that in the future, not so long, in placing of use uh, methane for heating your house mm-hmm. you will use hydrogen so it's real a source of, of it's a fuel if is already the case for some cars like toyota the mirai toyota yes, exactly it, the tank no, exactly exactly hydrogen tank yeah yes so you have the hydrogen tank yes, you have yes. the hydrogen and the hydrogen allows to uh the car i mean the mobility of the car yeah yeah Talking about, you know, because we are actually going into the research bit now. So if you could just let us, you know, tell us about the current research projects that are going on within LIST and maybe later on, you know, in Europe or in the world. Okay, um, so in LIST, we are focusing on several parts of the entire hydrogen value chain we have several projects and several teams who are currently working on hydrogen topic, on the production of hydrogen, as well as on the storage of hydrogen. If I have to um, say a few words about the, pro- the ongoing projects on uh, the production, uh, we are one of the few laboratories in Europe who, allowed the, who demonstrated the, the fuel cells can work in, uh, we can produce fuel cells with um, high power, uh, but very low loading of metals, as I mentioned mm. before. Mm. Uh, we also have a um, team who, who is working on the synthesis of polymers that can act as photocatalysts. Like the metals. Like the metals, and uh, they are based on um, porphyrin, which is part of the chlorophyll. So it's a molecular, it's a molecule similar to, from the family of chlorophyll. Um, but we also work on the harvesting energy. There was a, a technology developed in LIST based on the, where the electricity is produced through a chaotic trajectory pendulum system. And oh gosh, what is that? <laughs> you have a system that you can put in the water, especially in the ocean or in seas. And Is it that, you know, like in Luxembourg Science Center, I saw they have these pendulums and then you can just, is that? Is no, that it? it's in a swimming pool. I mean, it's supposed no, to be in a swimming the, pool. 
Ah, okay. So they, it's that's not the... one that turns. Ah, it's kind of whirlpool. Yeah. Ah, right, okay. So basically you have a sphere. We have the this first gen of this technology. Yeah. Uh, it's a sphere that can move according to the waves, the movement of the waves. Yeah. And uh, thanks to the technology behind, there is a transformation of the movement, so the mechanic energy in electrical energy. And if you couple this, uh, the system to an electrolyzer, you can produce hydrogen. All right. It's definitely something fascinating. Fascinating, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So that is going on at least yes. right now. Yes. Okay. And are there, you know, so this is the cutting edge technology right now to produce hydrogen. Are there any other technologies that are being researched uh, in Europe or in the world? Oh, this is a quite unique system. Right. The first gen, the sphere is, is one meter in diameter. The, the second gen will be a six meter in diameter sphere. And uh, the idea is to put a fleet close to the Belgium coast and to prove the feasibility of this kind of uh, energy production. Okay. While doing my research about hydrogen production, especially here at LIST, I came across a lot uh, about Sibila Lab. If you could just give us an overview, what is what is uh, Sibila Lab? What is being done there? Sibila Lab is a joint lab uh, with a 3D oxide company. It's a French company. And uh, it's true that Sibila is quite a unique machine because uh, you can load a 45 centimeter wafer, which is quite... Um, centimeters of what, sorry? Wafer. You can ah, okay. load a wafer of 45 centimeters and it's quite a unique machine. It's quite unique facilities, uh, really close to the industrial uh, approach. And wafer made of what? Silicon wafer. Ah, silicon wafers. And what does what do they do, the silicon wafers? But the silicon wafers act as support of the material that you deposit on the top of wafers. You can use silicon wafer, you can use other kind of materials according then also to the characterization analysis that you would like to perform. So for some characterization, you need to have a silicon wafer as support. For someone else, you can use quartz. So it okay, depends. I'm lost. So in the sense, how is it relevant to hydrogen production? In the hydrogen industry, Sibila could contribute to accelerate the, the development and the discovery of new materials because uh, owing to the principle that allow Sibila to work, so the chem, uh, chemical beam vapor deposition approach, you can deposit materials with different stoichiometric ratio. Okay. And this means that these materials also exhibit different properties. So it means that through one experiment, you can get several materials and with several properties. So in this sense, it allows a really, um, can speed up the discovery of the right materials used at, as photoelectrodes. 
if I'm understanding correctly, it helps in the discovery of new materials. Yes, because it's allow a fast screening of chemicals. And this is quite unique because usually you made a deposition and you, perform, you carried out the characterization, then you make a second deposition, then you adjust and you adjust. And also allow the deposition of components that are not allowed by um, conventional synthesis approaches. One question that I probably, it's just, it just uh, when, when I was reading about the challenges, you know, in hydrogen production and, you know, challenges to realize a hydrogen-based economy, one of the things that came up was the cost of production and cost of storage and cost of infrastructure. Uh, Currently, the cost of the hydrogen is a higher, or the cost of green hydrogen is higher of the cost of um, fuel fossil, fossil, uh, fuel, yeah. fossil fuel. So are there any strategies right now that the leaders or what, who, like the researchers are thinking to, 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 uh, decrease, the cost. to decrease the cost? The cost of the hydrogen is strongly related on political reasons. So... Despite the effort that researchers can do, a lot has to be done by the governments uh, to reduce the cost and also to help companies to reduce the cost in the production of hydrogen. Working on materials when the um, amount of uh, raw materials uh, is um, less, less impactful than currently, will allow also the Europe to be independent from uh, other countries because currently uh, Europe depends. So there is a certain vulnerability of Europe and this is also the reason for which the Commission uh, prepared a proposal for reducing the, raw, uh, the critical raw materials in the hydrogen um, industry. Ah. So that there is a there is a proposal from the European Commission in that direction. There is also a, a wish of the Commission to make stronger Europe face to other countries like China, uh, Turkey, and so on. And how about Luxembourg? In like separately talking about Luxembourg, do does the government have any sort of initiatives in that direction? To me, Luxembourg could play a leadership role owing to the geographical position and also the political stability, which is, a, which is fundamental in this energy transition. So definitely there is a, a play, a role that the Luxembourg can play uh, in the next uh, 20 years. And uh, lastly, I mean, where do you see the, I mean, how in the next, what, five years, 10 years, what are we looking at if let's say, to, for, a, for an economy to become completely hydrogen dependent? What do you think? What are the not really foreseen? I believe that the, from a scientific point of view, yeah. it's really, really optimistic to believe that in 2030 yeah. we can switch to hydrogen <laughs> and yeah. um, reach to fulfill the request that the commission uh, decided. I just have a question because it's it's a complete out of curiosity but because one of the things that I thought of that came to my mind was what about the dangers of hydrogen you know because uh, we all have heard about the hydrogen bomb so are there you know the strategies or are there people thinking about the dangers of hydrogen as a, as an energy source 
definitely the um, dangerosity of hydrogen uh, is much more to me in the mind of people right. because as any chemicals uh, any chemicals present some um, dangers for sure yeah. and l you give me the opportunity to remind uh, another uh, research line we are carrying out in list and is based on uh, sensors because we are developing imprinting in situ printing sensors to to detect any deformation for instance of a hydrogen tank so this is this could be a way uh, i also have to quote or remind another group who is working on the detection of hydrogen into materials so hydrogen could diffuse in the materials and we also have people in uh, list who are working on the detection of this um, hydrogen. So as you could see, in this we are very active on different <laughs> points of the hydrogen value chain, not yeah. only the production. Yeah. yeah. So for sure is new, hydrogen is a new topic and uh, people not involved in science need time to think about hydrogen as something that is not as dangerous as we could image. Well. Thank you so much, Bianca Rita. I mean, I hope that, I like you were saying, probably it's too optimistic to think about the next 10 years, uh, you know, or 20 years maybe or even. But given that technology, how technology has advanced in the past decade, you never know, right? Thank you, Paramita. I'm also <laughs> confident that science could, be, could go fast yeah. and uh, we will see in five years what we will be. <laughs> Thank you so much. So that was Bianca Rita Pistio, Partnership Development Officer here at LIST, talking about the intricacies, challenges, and also the opportunities related to hydrogen production. Hope you enjoyed our talk, and as always, see you in two weeks. <laughs>